Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finally Girl, a horror movie podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Richter, and I've seen a lot of horror movies. And I'm Eliza Farrell, and I've seen one or two. Today, we're talking David Gordon Green's Halloween from 2018. Now, this isn't the first time you've seen this movie, right? No, I did. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny about that? (laughs) Because you're like, now. It's called a dramatic pause. This is the first time you saw this movie, did you? Now, this isn't the first time I've seen this movie. You've got me. I have seen it before. You saw it in theaters. Who, yeah. We saw it together. We actually, saw it together in theaters. people. Yeah. I honestly don't really remember anything from the movie except Judy Greer. <laughs> Who can forget Judy Greer? Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing you remember about you. don't even remember Lori? You don't remember I Jamie remember Lee? what she looked like, but I don't know if that's because I just follow her on Instagram. Um, and I do remember the little basement situation that I had going on, but that's okay. it. Like, I don't remember anything else from the movie. So this was your second time watching it yeah. here for the podcast? Yeah, since I saw it once before, yeah, this is my second time watching it. Shut you got up. me. <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen this movie a few times. It seems like every time, well, every year around this time, I seem to show it to somebody. And last year it was probably prep for Halloween kills. Every time I see it, I think I like it a little bit less. I still like it. I still enjoy it. I still think there's a lot a lot of good there. Yeah, I didn't like it. You didn't like it at all? I mean, there were some parts I liked, some like aspects you of the movie. You told me you liked it. Did I? Yeah. Last night? Yes. Oh, I did not like it. You didn't like it at all? I think I remember saying, yeah, this isn't good. You said, oh, I like it. No, I think I said I don't like it. Really? Yeah, I can't imagine myself saying I like this movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. It felt like I was watching a Disney Channel version of Halloween. Or like an ABC fan, or what is it? Freeform version. It felt like a freeform like a TV, version. Like yeah. a made for TV Made for movie? like kids, like teenagers kind of movie. Teenager version of Halloween. The, the whole little do- the granddaughter Allison going to the dance all this like boyfriend drama all felt very unnecessary and kind of like what 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 is this movie about is it about Allison and Cameron's little love triangle with this random girl at the dance who they never even talk about again I, I just it was too much for me it was just lame I mean, that's my biggest gripe with the movie, where it seems like it wants to be, like, five movies in one. I think Michael Myers and Laurie Strode stuff is Mm-mm. all good. You don't like that? Nope. No. They forgot who Michael Myers was filming this movie. I'm like, he's not supposed to be seen by anybody. He's supposed to be the shape. We just watched the original Halloween and then Halloween 2, obviously, since those are the two episodes before this. But even in Halloween 2, he's he's stealthy. He he stalks his victims. And this movie, this the kills just seemed random. He didn't even stalk his his prey like he did before. Yeah, he doesn't feel like the shape. No. He He definitely feels like Michael Myers, the person. The one aspect they get right, he doesn't really care who he's killing. He's just going after whomever he wants. But in the... 
But he does care, though. Like, in the first movie, you see that he's trying to take these obstacles away so he can get to Lori. That's what it seems like to me during the first movie. And the second movie, even more. It's all trying to get to Lori. Well, yeah, for Halloween, too. Yeah. So the way this movie is supposed to... It's supposed to work as a sequel to the original movie. Which... It's supposed to wipe out every single sequel. That doesn't make any sense, though. Because... I thought the same thing. I was watching it. And I'm like, this must be right after Halloween. But then when I was thinking about it, when did they catch Michael then? When did Michael go to Smith's Grove? Because at the end of Halloween, he disappeared from the lawn. He was just captured. Like, there's no explanation for it in this movie of how he got captured. <laughs> but that is, there is another reason I'm not a big fan of this movie is because they treat Michael kind of like he's racked up all these kills over the years but if you just take him if you take it from that one movie it's like yeah that was some gruesome murders but it's not like it's been 40 years yeah it's been 40 years he's been locked up for 40 years like he's he's an old ass man just like decaying in a cell somewhere yeah it's one of my biggest gripes with this movie I get where you're coming from there it would make more sense if it was after the second Halloween movie those two take place in the, over the course of one night. One night, exactly. And, like, and so, like, that's a bigger bigger deal, and it gets into double digits, his body count. and Yeah, exactly, because he killed, like, at least ten people. Yeah. Th- uh, ten people in the second Halloween movie. So the last Halloween movie before David Gordon Green's in 2018 was Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 in 2009. A sequel was planned for that movie. Zombie was done, but it was going to be titled Halloween 3D because 3D had a bit of resurgence at that time. Avatar had come out that year, too. Patrick Lussier and Todd Farmer were chosen as a director director and writer, respectively, for Halloween 3D. They had just worked on another 3D film in 2009 as well called Blake Valentine 3D. I've never seen that movie, but I did see the original Canadian classic from the 80s. A little bit of background on Todd Farmer. He also wrote the screenplay for Jason 10 or Jason X, whatever you want to call it. And he also played a character in that movie. Patrick Lussier, he's been an editor, director, and writer. In fact, he was the sole editor on the first three Scream movies. He also served as the editor on Halloween H2O. But Halloween 3D was, it was going to pick up right after the last frame of Zombies Halloween 2. But due to budget disputes, it eventually ended up getting delayed. And then some years went by, some other Halloween projects were rumored. And then in 2014, the Weinstein Company, Harvey and Bob Weinstein, Mm -hmm. they wanted to revive that idea. And they wanted it to be a found footage movie because of paranormal activity that for oh, yeah. activities success but in 2014 that was kind of late to the late to the ball there yeah for found like footage the found footage really started after like blair witch paranormal activity in 07 it became a big deal again because of how much money that movie made and how uh, on such a small budget it really came and went by like the, the early teens it was done by 2014 like horror was pretty much done with found footage but that never came to pass either. Todd Farmer's pitch for the movie was not well received by the cast and crew. So Halloween 3D was dead for good. Okay. It didn't happen. That's probably for the best. And then in 2015, there were more rumors that we were going to get 
a movie called Halloween Returns, but it never got off the ground. And then eventually, at the end of that year, the filming rights for Halloween reverted back to Miramax. And that's where we get Blumhouse. In May 2016, Blumhouse and Miramax announced that they will co-finance a new Halloween movie. One of the Akkads, they sought out Blumhouse because of how successful they had become in the horror game, turning these small budget movies like a paranormal activity and the big box office successes which is what halloween 2018 was by the end of the first weekend it had made 80 mil on like a 15 million dollar budget then we have to find a director originally mike flanagan was chosen but he turned it down mike flanagan has directed hush gerald's game he did the netflix series house of the haunting hill i've not seen any of that even do you even seen hush i know of hush but I've never seen it. My sister recommended I watch it, but I never saw it. I still think that's his best movie. Uh, that was a Blumhouse movie. He really yeah. he turned down Halloween and he was like, I'm going to do Hush. And he says that that's more like his homage to Halloween. Finally, February 2017, it's announced that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride would co-write the script and Green would direct Danny McBride? Danny, yeah, do you, do you like not the know, Danny McBride? That Danny McBride, yes. Why? <laughs> He's a big, big fan. Big Halloween fan or yes, big horror fan? Yes, big Halloween fan? fan. I don't know horror. I, from what I've read, I know he's a big Halloween fan. I'm assuming he's a big horror fan. Interesting. Okay, okay. Now, I'm not familiar with all of David Gordon Green's body of work. He's probably most well known for, pineapp- for directing Pineapple Express. Oof. You don't like Pineapple Express? Not that I don't like it. What? It just seems very opposite. I think comedy and horror, like they're, they're, you're eliciting very similar reactions. Now, I'm not a huge fan of what I've seen from Gordon Green. I like most of the stuff. I've, most of his stuff is also held in high regard, like his debut feature, George Washington, which I've never seen. Uh, he directed many episodes of Eastbound and Down, which starred Danny McBride. Hmm. It was created by Danny McBride. I like that show. I'm not a huge fan. He's also directed quite a few episodes of Vice Principals and Righteous Gemstones. Oh, I love the Righteous Gemstones. Both Danny McBride. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) So they've been work buddies for a while now. Interesting. Let's just get these out of the way for... What did you think of the music? Lame. You didn't like the music? Mm-mm. It didn't spook me. I liked that they had the original Halloween theme. That was that was it. I just wasn't as uneasy. I wasn't mm-hmm. creeped out. The music did not aid in any of that. Like the last few movies we've seen, it just was not anything to write home about. Uh, see, I don't think it's the music so much as the sound design. Like I don't, you don't get much. Yeah. You don't get much of the breathing anymore. Yeah, no breathing. I wrote that down a million times. You hear there's there's one scene where I can you can kind yeah. of, you can hear it and uh, we'll talk about it later. I wouldn't even know that there were heavy breathing in the background if it wasn't for the captions because I couldn't hear it. <laughs> and we had it turned up. So I have no idea. I actually really enjoy the music in this one. I think that's one of the best parts of the movie. Really? Because you still have the foundation, but then they built on top of it. Because Carpenter worked with his son Cody and... Yeah, I saw that in the uh, credits. Daniel A. Davies on the score. 
I feel like it's still like it's still there, but then they've added some more. They even added like the the guitar bits. I think are cool. I don't know. I think it's a great up- update on the original score. I think it's one of the better updates of it. And what about the mask? What do you think of the mask? This is a question I wish I wish I could ask you after you've seen Halloween, like one through seven, one through well, all the whole, like the one through eight, the original run. Well, because the mask changes so much. We've- yeah, and if we're just supposed to be going after the first movie. What happened to the mask? I mean, well, I mean they, it's 40 years old, so it's yeah. obviously going to decay. And But I mean, it's it looks like it had gone through some burning scenes, like from Halloween 2, which if we're not going after Halloween 2, then why does it look charred a little bit? But And they charred. said it had been with the attorney. Well, it didn't look charred, but it looked melted. Um, and they said that they, it had been with the attorney general for 40 years, which was weird. It was different. I don't even know because when he put it on at the gas station, it looked like how it did the rest of the movie. But whenever journalist podcast guy, I don't know, he held it up to him at the sanitarium or whatever you want to call it. Smith Grove. Smith Grove. It looked like the old mask because it had a ton of hair. And then all of a sudden his hair's cut. I feel like like it's just like because the way he was holding it, it was kind of frumpy. Maybe. Um, I'm hoping Michael just gave himself a haircut and <laughs> fixed it up for himself, like how he painted the Patrick Stewart face. Not Patrick Stewart. Who was it? Captain Kirk. William Shatner. Yeah. yeah. Well, Patrick Stewart plays. No, wait, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a big Star Trek guy. I don't, yeah, I don't know who who Patrick Stewart plays in the Next Generation. I think he plays Picard. I think it's the second best mask in the entire series because I, I I'll just you know some people are like, will say like oh well no it's obviously Halloween too well it's the same mask sure they had to retouch it up a bit but it's the same mask so I'm gonna count it as one mask and I think it's the second best of the series I don't think I thought it was creepy I definitely thought it was creepy and maybe if the shape had been more like the shape i would have been more scared um i definitely think the creep that was the creepy the a really creepy mask for sure we watch a few more halloween movies we'll we'll see what you think of the mask after you've seen some real uh i'm not even gonna say it (laughs) okay we get some interesting looking masks Okay. What do you think? Well, like, that's not, how do you? What do you think of this this opening sequence? I don't like it. <laughs> Every time I see it, I swear I have a different opinion. Like so, like the first time I. What s- do you think last night? It starts to work. It works on me until the end. In the end, it's just like what I, I understand. I know the intention. I mean, I I think I understand the intention when he's holding up the when the male podcaster. Aaron, I think was his name. Yeah, Aaron, I think you're right. He's holding up that mask, and he's shouting for Michael to say something, and the rest of the patients are... Freaking out. They're freaking out. They obviously have a response to the mask. I think they're just trying to rev Michael up, to be honest. It's... And the dog barking. It works there and then you get into the movie and it's like how do they even like who even knows what that mask looks like i mean mm-hmm. i guess they just they feel i guess it's the the idea is like they sense this evil presence yeah like that mask is bringing something 
is bringing a him. presence. Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> Why, what, what don't you like about it? I, well, first of all, we get introduced to Dr. Sartain. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't remember his first name. Ran Beer. Ron Beer. I don't even could I tell know. you. You could tell me he never had a first name. I he says it because um, I wrote it down. Nice. But um, I was like, is this supposed to be like a Loomis lookalike, a Loomis talkalike? And I was like, first of all, he's trying way too hard to sound like Loomis. I mean, with this opening sequence, it feels like it's not a Halloween movie. My very first thing I wrote in my notes was, what, so no jack-o'-lantern? Well, we get it. We get it later it's on. The title sequence. But my first time watching it, well, I guess technically my second time watching it. Wait, <laughs> is this Halloween? <laughs> and I was also like, how do they catch Michael? It's so many questions. So many questions. Well, you're going to have to wait until Halloween kills to find out how they... they- which should they, be next, right? Catch, yeah, that is next. And next, next, next episode. Yeah. I should be able to watch that. Don't get your hopes up for it either. I'm not a big. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of how they catch Michael. And, and they also said like 40 years from the day, so they must have caught him within a couple of days after the first movie happened. The instances in the first movie happened. Um, See, yeah, we'll figure it out later. We get introduced to a uh, Sartain. Who I hate. I, I guess he's he a was student. Loomis's protege. Mm-hmm. He was a sense. student of Doctor Loomis. So after that weird sequence at Smith Grove, where we get introduced to the new Doctor Loomis, I don't even like calling him that. He's not even the new Doctor Loomis. He's just Doctor Sartain. We finally get my pumpkin entrance, my pumpkin sequence, which I was excited about. This crushed pumpkin, which later on I thought about when Michael kills dr sartain we'll go on mm-hmm. to it that reminded me of the pumpkin from the beginning yeah okay and yeah. then it inflates so the pumpkin's all squished the jack-o'-lantern's all squished and then it inflates throughout the sequence which i really liked i love a good pumpkin and then we go into Lori's house the podcasters or the investigators are going to Lori's house so we have the two investigative journalists who um <laughs> Pay for their interviews, even though they say investigative journalists don't pay for their interviews. I hate them so much. I hate these characters. I wish this was never. I don't I, like the only reason they're in the movie is to give Michael the mask, and they couldn't have come up with a better way to for him to re, like. This just seems like the laziest. It really does. I don't know if it's like, oh, this is timely with all the true crime has been so big for the last like five years, and even probably before that. Mm-hmm. Do you find like these people were like true? I mean, the, uh, yeah, it does seem like a true crime podcast situation. If they would have just referred to themselves as podcasters instead of saying, oh, we're award winning like investigative pub- journalists yeah we've done public radio specials that are yeah wonderful. do you think like because you listen to true crime podcasts i quite, do like, all the time yeah. every day like do these jackasses seem like like people <laughs> well not the podcast that i listen to the podcast i listen to they they're great but it definitely reminded me of um in Justin Long's movie tusk who kevin smith's movie i guess kevin smith yeah. directed tusk um it reminded me of the Nazi party podcaster. They seem very pompous like that. Yeah. I, I hate it. I mean, they're not, they're not journalists at all. I don't, I got it so frustrating. I just thought it was lame. I'm like, yeah, who are yeah. these people? Just random ass people. And I guess like another way, reason why they would have had them was to go and interview Lori. $3,000 they paid for. And you know, I'm not a big logic guy. Like I don't need everything to make sense in a movie. I do. But... Well, that's not, that's not how movies work. But 
the attorney general just handed over his mask. Like, yeah, here's some evidence from 40 years ago. You can take it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, what? And if he's supposed like, to be this evil, evil guy, why? I, I don't know. Like, why? Like, what? Like, there had to be. Like, you have, like, there has to be a better, there, there has to be a better way for Michael to be reintroduced to his mask. I don't know how well their way, maybe Dr. Sartain giving it to him would have been an interesting plot twist. Because later on we find out that he's, yeah, he's we'll kind of fucked up. We'll get, but yeah, we'll get into Sartain. He's, a, he's another... Uh, yeah, I hated him. Another, another, another not so great character. So after the first, like after the title sequence with the jack-o'-lantern, we finally see Lori for the first time. And she looks crazy. She looks like a crazy bird lady. Her gray hair is like just everywhere, just real puffy and out everywhere. She looks like a doomsdayer, which she basically is. Yeah, or you know, we'll find her <laughs> she, compound. She is insane with the, the the barbed wire fences and the security at the gate and all the floodlights on her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she tells them that she there there's nothing to learn from what she experienced. Yet she has this whole house that's supposed to be a weapon against one specific person. So I don't know. You tell me. Well, she's been. I think that just fits in with her character. Like she has, she's close. She's kind of closed herself off from the outside world for the last forty years. So she doesn't. Yeah. And another thing I thought of is like in the first movie, they paint her off to be like this goody two shoes, little sweet Girl Scout. And then we see her now and it's like that one night did a number on that. That woman. I mean, that's a, that, that is a traumatizing night. Yeah, though. definitely. At what? 17 years old. Yeah. But whew, she looked rough. I will say like that. That I think is one of the most interesting parts of the movie, I think, is like her. Or her dealing with this trauma, mm-hmm. like I, like I, we learn that she's like an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She just was not a great mom. No, she traumatized her kid through her own traumas. Which aren't we all dealing with that? I don't know, but she's still, still, she's a, still a badass though. She still is a badass. That's for sure. I guess if I something like that would have happened to me at 17, I probably would have done the exact same thing Lori did. I've been like, all right, now my kids need to learn how to shoot and mm-hmm. fight and everything. Yeah, Karen says, Judy Greer's character says that she learned to learn to fight when she was young, learned to shoot a gun before she was t- eight, eight. eight. She was eight. She learned how to shoot a gun at eight years old. Yeah, and she she got taken away from social by social services at 12. Mm-hmm. Presumably because... Someone probably saw an eight-year-old kid with a gun. Yeah, or whoever her father is. Yeah, which we don't find out who the father is. It's Michael. No. (laughs) God. Especially if this is after the second movie. That would be awful. I don't... I don't... I I mean, spoiler alert, we're not going to find out Halloween kills either. Maybe we find out Halloween ends. Not to... I don't think it's important. I don't don't think we... No, we don't need to know. I don't think I need to know either. I, I didn't even think about, like... No, I no. just thought about it just a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. I'm like, oh wait, they didn't even tell us. Yeah, I honestly, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I ever thought about it until we were talking right now. Yeah, it. exactly. But yeah, so the podcasters, I'm just gonna keep calling them podcasters. Um, they ask Lori if, she, if the boogeyman is real, and I'm like, oh, we're still doing this boogeyman bullshit. Yeah, I. This is another thing I don't like about this movie is the way in later on 
she refers to Michael as the shape. It's like we're living... Oh, wait, she did? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. We. It's like we're living in a universe that also the Halloween movie exists, exists. too. It feels like a couple of, of nerds like sitting around like quoting the movie. Yeah. It's so weird. I remember when I... Like the first time I saw it, like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I remember every time... Um, I've watched it, I'm like, oh, that is just so, it's so cringy. It's, it's pretty cringy. But the whole investigator duo is cringy. Right after this, it's mentioned that Michael Myers murdered five people. And I'm like, are we forgetting the second movie? But we just talked about this. This is where the, at the point so where you, I'm like, oh, okay. Did you okay. know going into this that it was just supposed to be a sequel to the first no. movie? No. I had no idea. That's why I was so confused for the first I don't know, I should. I, I probably should have told you that. But I, I don't want to know anything yeah. about the movie yeah. before we watch it. I think that's just another flaw of the movie, too. I don't know. Not, you can't have, like, 20 movies and then just pretend, like, 19 of them didn't exist. It makes sense for this franchise because there's been so many different timelines. And you'll see as we go on. They're pretty... It's pretty stupid how many timelines there are in this franchise. There's one where there's a Halloween... One, two, let's just take out three because we've already, we, you already know Halloween three has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It doesn't, doesn't exist. The Halloween, there's Halloween one through six. That's a, that's a timeline. There's Halloween one, two, and seven. That's a timeline. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Halloween one, two, seven, eight. That's a timeline. Jesus. There's, now we have this one. Halloween and then Halloween again. Yeah, <laughs> so we is this still just... call it we still cuz for some reason we've gotten so lazy that we have to call we we can't give movies even a subtitle or god forbid we give it a number cuz that's that's not I love subtitles. I don't know why we can't just call this even if it's so lame it has to be called Halloween returns halloween the return halloween. yeah i was gonna ask it, what is this movie called it's called halloween we have three oh movies no it's just it's so stupid it's, i hate it so much it's the same thing with the the new scream movie that came out it's scream five but it's just called scream and it's a sequel to the all the other movies but we're just gonna call it scream like why <laughs> God. <laughs> Any, but the, the, so there's like three different timelines in this, and then there's the Rob Zombie, which is just his own universe. Halloween. His own take on yeah. it. Okay. Okay. So we meet Lori again after 40 years, and then we find out she has a daughter and a granddaughter. So we cut to Lori's daughter Karen's house. So Judy Greer. Whoop whoop. Judy Greer. <laughs> we love Judy Greer here at yes, Finally do. Girl. <laughs> We do. Who doesn't love Judy Greer? Like crazies. And we find out that her daughter, her granddaughter, Allison, is smart. She's in the National Honor Society, which I immediately was like, oh, Lori was too. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> you remember that. Uh, well, we just watched it. <laughs> I so. know. But not a detail I would remember, but. I'm a detail-oriented yeah, girl. Yeah, I know. Karen's. But, you know, we, we meet, and we meet her father, Ray. Oh, I thought it was Gray. The whole time. <laughs> well, now you've got me questioning it because I'm pretty. I'm like ninety percent certain it's Ray. It might be Ray, but the whole time I wrote Gray, G R E Y. That's what I thought it was. I was like, wow. 
Gray's a little weirdo. He's a little kooky. Yeah, he's on. Why? Well, I wish he wasn't even. Why is he even yeah. here? He's, he, he adds nothing. The only thing he's, he adds to is the one kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's he's nice set deck. He's a nice set decoration. That's yeah, about it. he is. He's like a piece of furniture. Uh, it's nothing against the um actor. No, the Toby actor was Huss. great. Yeah, he was great. Uh, nothing against like his just character was useless. He's just giving there. He was not given much to work with, and there's no reason for him to be there. Yeah, she should have just been a single mom, and then she ends up being a single mom anyway. So she should have just. They why did they have the husband in the first place? It, it feels like those. MC, he, he feels it feels like one of those MCU characters who's there to just be like, oh, it's all right. That's awkward. Yeah, <laughs> it's there for the this stupid cringe humor. It's, yeah, he was there for the oh, your mom's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, but then we find out that like the daughter's yeah, the daughter's really smart. She has something. She has a connection with her grandma that I don't think her mom really understands or cares about at all because obviously karen's been going through you know however old she is but let's just say she's like 38 i don't know she can't be 40 because yeah she's probably like in her late 30s yeah mid late 30s yeah she spent her entire life trying to get over what her mom had done to her you know i mean it's understandable that that's yeah that she's not close to her mom but the granddaughter desperately wants a relationship with her grandma which is weird that she calls her grandmother (laughs) some people do i mean it's just it's like a colloquial grandmother did you call grandmother Are we in 1900? I mean, I don't call it. There's people that still do. I don't do it. I don't know. It, but I'm, I, mean, I know one person, who? one family that calls who? their, uh, a church family I grew up with. See? Makes, <laughs> yeah, he makes his kids call him grandfather. His grandkids call him grandfather. There's people out there I'm sure that still do. That's the only well, also, people I know I of. Think, I think the intention also of her calling grandmother is like, because she probably doesn't see her often like can she really yeah. she really be a grandma or a mima or a Gigi? <laughs> i would love to have laurie Stroud be called mima <laughs> can you imagine i mima laurie Stroud. michael's coming <laughs> hey mima do you hear michael um yeah so <laughs> then we have allison walking to school i guess with her friends um yeah her. already i like vicky her friend vicky much better than i liked annie <laughs> that's that's another complaint i have with these movies like the the supporting cast is no like the they're boring the friends aren't as good it's a teenage movie it felt like a teenage movie when you say what do you mean by teenage movie like that movie you mean um, just like it kind of reminds like me of like like or like a netflix like to all the boys i've loved before or um what's another one the kissing booth the kissing okay. booth something or like something you'd see on geared cw toward, maybe? Yeah, yeah yeah like a cw movie like geared towards well, cw show 16 year yeah. old yeah whatever i know what you mean it's so strange because david gordon green and danny mcbride they can they know how to write characters i love danny mcbride i don't know what what happened here like, it sucked it sucked because i just i love i I love annie and i love i always forget pj soul's character but her other friend in the movie i ever forget her name linda yeah linda bob and linda that's how Did i you remember catch it that she makes a, a cameo appearance in no she's the teacher linda the yeah. woman who plays linda yeah pj souls huh. i did not notice that you should have pointed that out uh i was gonna see if you'd see it. i thought maybe you'd notice because you usually 
you're pretty good with that stuff. I, I, I didn't even notice the teacher at all. I was too busy. Yeah, you don't. It, it's very brief. Yeah, because I, I see that like Allison sat in the same spot Lori sat in in the first movie. And what she, do you think of like the, the homage shots? I like that. I like that specific one where she looks across the street and sees that Lori. One's, that one's. Uh, I like that one. That one's fun. I mean, it's it's cute. Yeah, this is when we're in the high school, and I'm like, is this like a teen drama? <laughs> um, yeah, we meet Oscar. Oh, her friend Oscar. Yeah. Well, Oscar is the only one of her friends that I thought was interesting. I don't even. That he I had don't like even a personality. Think he's that interesting. I don't. Even, I mean, like yeah. he make he has like one funny line, I think, and he also turns out to be like a kind of uh, an incel almost. But anyway, um, now we go back to Smith's Grove and the patients are filing in on the bus and Dr. Sartain, this is whenever I first get like a bad feeling about Dr. Sartain. He says like, oh, I'll make sure you're safe, Michael, or something yeah, along the lines of that. He says, this is what he says. He goes, don't worry, Michael, I'll be by your side as Michael's boarding the bus as they're about to transfer him. Like, so, I like, know you know. Dr. Sartain's the reason the bus crashed. I know it. They didn't have to say anything. They didn't. They don't even mention it throughout the whole movie. They don't say that he did it. It doesn't even like infer that he's the one who did it. You know, I'm feeling really dumb right now because I never like I just figured Michael was just like, all right, it's time to get get. I I never thought like, oh, he just like. No, I think him and Michael had this plan. I think he and Michael made a plan. I don't think that. I think I think maybe I thought maybe what you were trying to say and now it would make a lot of sense. Oh, that he made it. He just like unlocked his chains. unlocked his cuffs. I didn't think about that. Go ahead, Michael. Go go. Like do do your thing. Yeah. Oh, he could have done that. Makes more sense. What I I was thinking. That's what I thought you were thinking. No, I I never even thought. I just like, oh, okay. Michael just was like, all right. Oh no. Which I mean, either way, it. It, it works but now like i feel like they had a like at least dr sartain told michael the plan like i don't think michael said anything to him or made the plan with him i think dr sartain yeah, was you like, don't think they, this like, is what i'm gonna do they didn't get together over coffee no <laughs> i think dr sartain stood at his square in the courtyard right on the yellow line and was like hey michael i'm gonna make sure your chains are unlocked <laughs> so then we see Lori goes to the correctional facility to watch them file on and she sees michael for the I get presumably the first time in 40 years. Yeah, I, I get that's what it seems like when she goes back to yeah, dinner. Yeah, and she has like a whole freak out. She's like really upset. She's screaming in the car, watching him go off on the bus. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the dinner, the National Honor Society ceremony dinner that they're celebrating their daughter's mm-hmm. um, induction. And we talk more about Cameron, which is Allison's little boyfriend, which another thing I Every, don't like. Oh, uh, I just don't. I just, just like, that's, useless. that scene until Lori shows up. It's just like, oh my God, who cares? Who exactly. cares? I don't They're know. going as Bonnie and Clyde with a twist yeah. to the Halloween dance. Like, okay, okay. I guess that was progressive. I guess that's. The I, twist I is that they, uh, is Allison was Clyde and yeah. Cameron was Bonnie. I guess, I guess brownie points for them. I don't know. I yeah. Don't, like, I guess, like, what is the point of this? So this is also when Lori shows up after the awkward conversation with all four of them at the table. 
and she starts drinking um, Karen's husband's wine, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Like she just grabbed that. She sits um, down. She obviously, cries. yeah. She's like, I, I, I saw him. And everybody around there's just like, oh, for Christ's sake, what is happening? Mean, except for, except for um, the Al- Allison, yeah. she's she's understanding. And she goes like when Lori leaves the restaurant, she's the only one that like goes after. This her. is where she says, "I saw him. I saw the shape." Yeah. Oh, that's when she talks about the shape. Yeah. And I'm just like, every time I go, what, why, in what world does anybody refer? I Mm-mm. like this is so strange. That is weird. It feels like we're living in a world where the night the 1978 where? movie exists. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. But Karen tells Allison, "I'm glad you got to see that. Um, you know, I've spent my entire life trying to get over." her trauma um i learned to shoot a gun at eight learned to fight okay so after the whole dinner scene Lori freak out i guess we cut to the car with um an old guy and a kid and they're driving down the road and they come across the bus crash but the patients are just kind of walking around in the road this reminded me of in halloween when loomis and what was her name nurse marion marion they come up to the the gate the gate and they see the the patients walking around Mm -hmm. that's what it really reminds i thought they looked exactly the same just walking around like that mm -hmm. and then the old man decides to get out of the car which okay i don't know if i would i think i probably would have called somebody but she he tells his son to call for help and he pulls out a flip phone and we are in 2018 so i thought that was pretty silly he had a flip phone and then the kid decides to or the, I guess like someone on 911 was like, can you check if someone, everyone's all right? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'll check. Mm-hmm. He gets out with a gun because yeah, like <laughs> they had just been like hunting. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this little kid with this big gun was kind of funny. And he sees the guard on the ground by the yeah, bus. The guard, yeah. And he looks like he's dead. So he pokes him in the back and the guard reaches out, which that one that part was like not even scary i didn't think i felt like this was gonna happen that he's like run run whatever and the kid doesn't run <laughs> he uh hears something on the bus so he goes to the bus opens the door goes in and he sees dr sartain who goes no, don't Sart- shoot yeah, sartain just pops up and goes don't shoot and he obviously yeah. shoots him because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a kid with a gun and he's gonna shoot anything that pops yeah, out at him yeah. well before he goes in there though we see michael's like first uh first piece of art or the guy it's like the- oh yeah yeah his neck was like completely broken yeah Yeah. that's another thing i like about this movie is that they 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 respect that michael is an artist yeah there's a couple scenes that not as good as the first movie but there's a couple scenes where he has a couple i think that rival it i don't think rival it at all but anyway i feel bad for the kid he runs back to the truck after he he shoots dr sartain he goes oh fuck and he (laughs) runs back to the truck and tries to start it and then michael pops up from behind him and strangles him a la annie (laughs) and halloween Mm -hmm. michael killed a kid so michael killed a kid which i actually um i thought about that i was like wait he hasn't killed anyone under like 16 if we're just going past the first movie yeah we're just going with the first movie yeah Mm-hmm. He hasn't killed anybody under 16. In fact, I am... Now, some of the later entries, like, I cannot tell you the last time I've watched Halloween Resurrection, which is the eighth movie in the franchise. I don't 
I don't know if this is the first time he kills... I think it might be the first time he kills a kid. Oh, wow. Then we see the cop pull up to the bus crash scene, and he opens up the back yeah, door of the bus. Haw- Hawkins. Who Hawkins. Beco- he becomes a pretty... A main character. character. Yeah. So... He opens up the back of the bus. He sees Dr. Sartain on the ground. And Dr. Sartain goes, did he escape? And the cop's like, did who escape? And I'm like, see, another reason why I think Dr. Sartain was like, yeah, Michael. Did Michael escape like I wanted? (laughs) (laughs) And then we go to the cemetery again. Like, was that the second movie? No, that was the first movie where they go to the cemetery. When Judith Myers. um, Yeah, we get the, we, we go back to judith meyer's gravesite i mean of course in the first movie the tombstone is gone yeah and it's still there this time <laughs> and um michael got it back there you know in the 40 years thank god somebody got it back someone there. got it back there but it's like the journalists are there and the caretakers yeah, with and them man, i just like oh god this is such a this is another cringy scene just, yeah very cringy i thought like, this i don't mo- know if we're supposed to oh, are we supposed to be laughing at them because i really doesn't movie doesn't make it seem like we should be but i really I like yeah they're doing a voiceover for their podcast in front they're of like, the caretaker oh, we're in the cemetery <laughs> with judith meyer's tombstone with the caretaker uh, presumably like the, the caretaker of the, yeah. the cemetery just standing there just like but she looks over and th- this scene is like maybe a minute long tops but she looks over and there's a tree and Michael Myers is standing there, but you can't see his face because mm-hmm. he's standing in front of a branch. And I'm like, he can't even see what's going on. He's just standing there. I thought this whole scene was useless. <laughs> um, yeah, there's something about Michael just, I don't know, the, the way that was shot just does not make him very intimidating. No, he didn't look scary at all. He's wearing like white scrubs, yeah. like hospital issued <laughs> scrubs. Just, he honestly looks like, I know it's supposed to be like a, he looks like a nurse. Like an asylum-esque uniform, but like it's, it just, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He looks like he's like a nurse. <laughs> he looks like a nurse just walking, going to visit his dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, what, is that supposed to scare me? And we didn't get the heavy breathing. If, if we had the heavy breathing, maybe it would have been scarier. Maybe if we had the Halloween music in the background, it would have been scarier. I, I don't know. Anything maybe like, even if there was a, a shot from his point of view, like something. Yeah. Oh, like a, like a little, like found footage kind of thing well like like the first movie yeah so we get a lot there's not a lot there's not a lot of shots from his point of view they really abandon that and that um and i think that really helped with the first movie mm -hmm. in fact do we get any shot you know what it's the first time we don't thought about that we don't get any shots we don't get any shots from his point of view even after he puts the mask on which i thought it would have been a good time to do it 40 years ago on halloween night Michael Myers murdered three people. After that horrific night, he was sent back to the institution in captivity. scene after that we're at the hospital hawkins is talking to the sheriff we're gonna have a fucking circus on our hands but hey what are we gonna do cancel halloween (laughs) (laughs) when one thing i liked about this it was kind of a cool nod was uh, hawkins refers it to the original killings as the babysitter murders yeah i like that the original title for halloween and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel 
like we're in a universe. No, right? it's just it like, did it's seem a like cool nod. Yeah, I I did like that. But yeah, so now we go to the gas station. The journalists have to get gas. Um, we see Michael walking in the background by the like well, van. There's one thing I kind of like about this scene is the creepy lady. Yeah, when when he's pumping the gas and <laughs> he's like trying to like yeah what's going on and she's kind of like motioning like. Take a look on what's going on over there. There's someone walking behind you. And and like, presumably he's over, he's, he's over there killing. Well, we see him killing. Well, we see him in the background. So the woman goes into the gas station, the female journalist, I don't know her name. She goes into the gas station to get, to ask about the loo, which I thought was stupid. Where's the loo? Where's the, he's like, what? (laughs) She's like, the bathroom. I'm like, why do you, okay, whatever. (laughs) Why don't you just fucking say bathroom? Just a slip, I guess. In the background, we can see through like the window between the gas station and what I assume was like a body shop, an auto shop, you can see Michael's just stabbing someone or hitting. And you know, another funny thing is like this actually is very similar to a scene in In Halloween too. Well, actually Halloween four. Oh, in which we're, I mean, we'll get to Halloween four, which is one of my favorites of the series. There is a scene in Halloween 4 where he shows up to a, a very similar... I don't, I don't know how many of these you see anymore. I'm assuming this was more prevalent years ago, but there's not many gas stations that are also like a mechanic shop. Yeah. <laughs> like, but there's there's something like that in Halloween 4 mm-hmm. where Michael, he, he kills a mechanic and takes his coveralls. Oh. And it's so funny because like, like now we're paying homage to movies that aren't supposed to exist anymore. <laughs> well, he does take the coveralls from, we assume, I mean, another mechanic. It seems like another yeah. mechanic in the, in the first, first movie. movie. Sure. And sure, so I'm like, right. why? what's with Michael in these onesies? He just, I, he loves a good coverall. He's a simple man. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Halloween too when he's stabbing um, the paramedic while the other nurse was in the jacuzzi tub. Because sure. you can see him through the window, yeah, but yeah, but that makes more sense. Yeah, well, when when you see Halloween four, you'll <clears throat> yeah see what you think. Um, but anyway, the girl goes to the bathroom and she goes to the last stall because all the other ones were poopy, and she hears someone like abruptly walk in, and it's kind of alarming because they're very loud. <laughs> With the door swinging open, and then you see, all you see are his boots, and you just know it's Michael. But he opens up each bathroom stall mm-hmm. until he can't open the last one when she's in. Um, she's like, this one's taken. Yeah, someone's in here. And then he walks away. He's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I got <laughs> I got to kill you. <laughs> I got these teeth here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> all of a sudden he reaches over and just drops the teeth. I thought that, I really liked that. But before he does that, we already see that he's killed the... Mechanic. The mechanic don't. and the, the other guy, too. We see that the guy in the gas his station who she talked to... completely... Completely, like, he literally hands. took his hands in his mouth and just ripped his mouth right open. That's what it looked like to me. Or like, it seems to me what I see, this is what I envisioned. Hmm. Like, like he's got this guy's mouth like up against like the counter, mm. like biting down on the counter and he just like, bat, like kicks it in or bashes his head in like that. 
Yeah, what I thought, yeah, fully what I was thinking was... And I think that's another uh, nice... Ripping it open. Piece, uh, piece of work he does piece there. Piece of art, yeah. But yeah, then Michael reaches across the stall, over the stall, and drops the teeth. And she's like, what? Ew, teeth. Uh, then What'd her, you think of her screams? I like. They were good. I thought, yeah, they were good. The uh, actress who plays her... I'm assuming you pronounce it Ryan. It's spelled R-H-I-A-N. Rees... She said she could, like her voice was like gone for a week after doing that scene. She I thought really she does had good scream. facial expressions. I thought she's like the best. She's probably the best screamer in the uh, the movie. Oh yeah, definitely. The guy comes in, her counterpart, her other um, journalist guy, and Michael grabs him and just like keeps bashing his head <laughs> off of walls, off the stalls. Michael just loves bashing this guy's head in. Yeah, he really does. Oh it really does. And then he does my favorite kind of one of his kills, where he just grabs them by the neck. So he grabs the girl by the neck and just pulls her up into midair. I think he just hangs her on like the coat hook, like in the bathroom stalls. You know, there's like a little hook or something for your like purse or your coat. I'm assuming, yeah, that's what he's doing there. Yeah. And um, we see her feet go limp like he like I love watching him do in the first movie. It's definitely another nod to Mm -hmm. the nod to the Bob kill. It's like it's Michael Myers favorite kill, too. Like he (laughs) loves doing that shit. Yeah, because he does it later, too. Yeah, the feet just we go don't limp. we don't see it. No, which I was really disappointed. We get a lot of kills that happen off screen. I hate that. I hate that. I want to see them. Well, you'll see them. I'm like, you could have gotten rid of all these stupid ass scenes so I could see him kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> these stupid scenes. I'm sure they had to rate it. They had to cut it down so it could be rated R. Because I'm sure the the MPA was like, this is all too much. You better take this. <sighs> it's usually it's usually not their fault. So the dumb. filmmakers' fault. But anyway, uh, Michael goes to the journalist's car and he gets his mask from the trunk and he puts it on slowly. I'm already like. Not nearly as scary or creepy as the first movie. He already seems more human to me. And I'm like, maybe it's because what I've makes seen him. more him. human? Just, uh, you well, think you've seen... Uh, I wrote that. I'm like, maybe it's because he hasn't had his mask on and I see parts of his face. But he already just seems so less scary. Like, when he gets on screen, even the shape on screen in Halloween, like, I feel uneasy. In this movie, I'm like, eh. Well, one thing I, no- I noticed about this movie is that it tries to move at the same pace as the original. Like, it does, like, things, like, there's not a lot of, like, it's very snappy. Like, we're mm-hmm. done, we're on to the next, like that, like the original. But it doesn't uh-huh. take the time, take the time to build up an atmosphere like the, the first one did. I wish it would have been snappier. I think had it been snappier, it would have had the same atmosphere. I feel like it was too slow. I feel like they weren't getting to the point. I, I, like when? I when? When did you? I'm like, let's just get to Lori. Like this whole time we've been building up for 40 years. We've been building up to her trapping Michael Myers in this house. Let's get to it. I would have liked longer. I don't know. And then he also wasn't stalking anybody. Just didn't seem like Michael Myers at all. It seemed like a whole new character. Yeah, I feel like he's still there. I said that about Halloween Kills where I feel like they've taken all of the the mystique out of them cut to Lori. she hears on the news about the bus crash and then now we get to see her island like her kitchen island move yeah, her motorized kitchen uh-huh. island. which is sweet i want one that's so cool 
And then she goes and runs and tells her daughter, Karen, she's like, oh, wait, no. Oh, this we get a we get a cool scene from Lori. So Karen comes home. She sees that the back door of her house is like slightly open. And she like she's immediately like what "Um." I like about this, too. I like that she that Karen, like she notices something's off. Yeah, she definitely notices something off. She's still got, I guess, some of that training. Yeah. I thought that was a that was cool. What would have been cooler though is if she would have like grabbed a gun, like that she had hidden or something. But then, but there's the other side of her that's like the total opposite. Well, she's like she's trying to beat that out of her. She's been trying to beat that out of herself for so long. But she keeps calling. She's like, "Is anyone home?" I I keep calling her husband Greg. That was. It's Ray. It is Ray. It is Ray. Okay, well, Ray. Ray walks in. And then all of a sudden, Lori pops from the staircase. So, like, she gets a breath of relief when she sees Ray. She's like, oh, okay, Ray's home. And then all of a sudden, Lori's like, gotcha. And she, like, has a finger gun pointing at Karen. So that made me laugh. So anyway, we cut to the gas station where the cops are now at the scene. And we see Lori. Yeah, Lori's standing behind the police tape. And we find out that Hawkins was um, the cop. That was there. Well, I don't know if we find out that he was the first responder yet, but we do find that out. And he stopped Loomis from killing Michael that night. Which, like, what? I don't remember that at all from the first movie. Yeah, because it's not in the first movie. Okay. (laughs) I thought they said something like that. First movie just ends with... Loomis running out and finding that Michael's not on the ground. Well, he doesn't even run out. That's Halloween, too. No, you remember? He just stands at the top and, like, he's... And looks down? Yeah, and Michael's gone. Oh, maybe I'm pushing those two together. And then we go to... Uh, a, a sequence of shots of like all the locations in the movie. And oh yeah, Michael's breathing. One of my favorite endings in movie history. Then we go to a neighborhood street, and there's this is one of my. This might be my favorite sequence. Of the yeah, movie. I I might agree with that because it, it reminded me of the first movie a lot more. Michael just walking down the street, mm-hmm. and then kids run into him, and he kind of just reroutes them. <laughs> and another thing. But I will say one thing I, I I take umbrage with here is that if he's such a notorious killer, he's wearing the same mask that he wore 40 years ago yeah. during these infamous killings. Yep. How is nobody, nobody recognizes him? I mean, the kids are young, but sure, the adults guess, should definitely I, I guess, know. I guess you're right. They're mainly kids out in the street. Sure. But the adults, the adults should definitely know. But maybe that's the thing is like, I don't know why it's not as iconic mm-hmm. when you just narrow it down to the scope of the one movie. I got kind of annoyed with this part when he goes to kill the woman in the house because he walk. I feel like he walks a lot faster than he does in the first movie. And we don't just see him appear. Well, I guess we kind of do see him appear sometimes, but we see too much of his actions, I feel like. Because that's what was so scary and creepy, at least for me in the first movie, is that we don't see him, like his thought process. I felt like I saw his thought process. Mm-hmm. He goes to the shed, picks up the hammer. Picks up the hammer. Goes in easily so he can... He can get his weapon of choice. Which is a knife. Mm -hmm. Big ass knife. So he kills the woman. He trades the 
the hammer for the knife and we hear a baby crying and he just kind of like walks past the baby and out the front door yeah he's like whatever and uh, i wrote i'm i'm not scared at all (laughs) i was like this i i i was scared in the first movie people see him walking down the street this just seems so wrong then i I, but then i love the sequence here he you see the oh the i didn't like this in the talking on the phone somebody's telling her about the the murders that happened at that gas station mm-hmm. and me of michael the movie. michael walks up looks you know lo- looks in the window mm-hmm. then you see i love watching the shadow yeah I, I guess yeah i guess i do agree with you I and guess then I do she like goes this. she goes oh i'll lock my doors and michael's behind you know yeah behind her. that did seem a lot like the michael myers i Every night that he would escape. What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. The Vicky, her friend, Allison's friend Vicky, calls her while she's babysitting. Yeah. Uh. And I'm like, oh, that she's babysitting like the girls yeah, did on Halloween. That's cute. And the, her little boy that she was, Julian, the little yeah. boy she was babysitting was adorable. I really liked him. I thought he was hilarious. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny. I, and I like their little exchange they have. Um, at least it's interesting. Like, there's, a, I know a lot of a lot of people. I've read and listened to a lot of opinions where people can't stand this kid because it's like, why is he here? Why is no, I thought he was and cute. I was like, yeah, I, I get it, but like, I feel like a lot of these characters are like, why are they here? And like, at least, at least, the, at least, at least the, he had something to say. Exchanges are interesting, but he, she puts him to bed, and like when she leaves the room, he sees that his closet door is open, and he just kind of is like, oh, whatever. But yeah, then we go to Cameron kissing another girl and then he throws her phone into some pudding or something (laughs) he's like here's your precious are you gonna get it are you gonna get that or should i yeah i'm like this is so stupid and then her grandma keeps calling her so Lori keeps calling her like trying to figure out where allison is we see Lori driving around she's patrolling for michael she's literally patrolling for michael and then we have vicky cleaning a big knife, huge yeah. knife, the now biggest that, knife I've ever seen. Now that's more his speed. That's, that's the one we're looking for. That's the one he's been waiting for. <laughs> what was she using <laughs> this knife for? I'm, I'm going to assume maybe like carving a pumpkin. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's, that's what, what they were doing. With. That would make sense. I wouldn't carve a pumpkin with that knife. I'd <laughs> cut myself. And we hear Michael's breathing for like a second during this scene mm-hmm. he's getting all hot and bothered thinking about that knife. <laughs> he's like oh yeah big knife <laughs> vicky's boyfriend dave shows up i hate dave he's annoying um <laughs> they make out on the couch and she hears a noise this kind of reminds me of the linda and bob well, and he shows he shows yeah yeah they're definitely, definitely definitely linda and bob she shows he shows her the uh the tattoo yeah he the gets, tattoo that uh, says the date 10 31 18 because this is gonna be a good night i guess they were just gonna like and have sex Says, for the first she time. says something that like I, I th- you do people has anybody ever said this ever like you were so getting dry fucked tonight Vicky says to <laughs> like even teenagers do they say that has anybody Never ever said heard that? that in my life <laughs> I just don't believe anybody says that to anybody no I, I've never heard of that before anyway then 
oh, she asked Dave to go and look what that noise was. Um, and then all of a sudden, Julian. Oh, wait. Yeah, he goes. <laughs> he's like, it's probably just Julian taking a dump. <laughs> um, but then he goes to look and Julian runs down the stairs and tells him that he saw a man with a creepy face looking at him, like standing in the hallway, looking at him and breathing. Like he could hear his breathing. And I'm like, why didn't we, could we, I would have rather seen that scene than the stupid kid's tattoo. Whatever. The kid is like, it's the boogeyman. And I'm like, another boogeyman reference. But this part made sense because it reminded me of Tommy. Mm-hmm. It's a kid saying it. Yeah. yeah. It's the boogeyman. And Vicky goes to look and kind of pranks the kid that someone's in there. She's like, sir, will you leave? <laughs> and then we cut to Dave outside smoking ganja. Yeah, he's smoking a J and he spots a motorcycle. He's like sick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't mind Dave. I don't mind. I don't mind Dave. I don't mind Vicky. Like they, they, they these, these set of characters are fun. Like, I, yeah. At least they're they're a little bit interesting. Yeah, they're definitely Linda and they're Bob. More, <laughs> Linda and Bob 2.0. And then I'm gonna rip your clothes off. And then we're gonna <laughs> rip Lindsay's clothes off. <laughs> Go get me a beer. <laughs> then Vicky and Julian are back in his bedroom julian asks her to close the closet door but it won't close because obviously michael's in there he stands in the way and he gets her with the knife a little bit the big knife he grabbed that she just had cleaned julian goes oh shit <laughs> and he runs um dave hears the screams and i could goes do in. With, i could do without that there i just like that definitely makes it a lot less yeah scary. it's like, like a funny yeah we're all we're just having a laugh here. yeah that that's true that does take it up it does yeah it does like make you kind of be like um yeah, is this like a comedy it, it takes horror? you it takes you out of the it, it takes you out of the experience and like uh but then we hear, or Dave goes and runs in after her, but then it cuts to Lori hearing on her police scanner, because of course she has a police scanner, that there's the, been an incident. So she's like, oh, I'm speeding on my way. I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get Michael. And Hawkins gets to the house and he goes to the back door and it's open. And I'm like, why doesn't he have backup? But in the first movie, there is no backup either. So It's a small town. Probably yeah. have to wait a while for back. sheriff's department. And he's actually like trying, you know, he's he's doing stuff. Not what like it's probably not what actual cops would do, but what actual cops should do is actually like go in and try to help somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, the cops in the house. Lori's yelling at kids on the sidewalk to get into their house. Yeah, I love this. She's like, get inside. <laughs> If some random woman told me to get inside on Halloween, I'd been like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, on Halloween, I'd be like, "What are you? Who, okay. Like, who are you, first of all?" But they listen to her. They just go running because yeah. she's yielding a gun. She's just <laughs> waving a gun around. Um, cop gets to Julian's room, and I thought I heard Michael breathing, but now I'm like second guessing if I actually heard Michael breathing in the background or not there. But we see a little ghosty. Michael did another Bob ghost. Did you think it was going to be Michael under yeah. there? Yeah. I, 100%. The, first, the first time I saw that, too, I was like, oh. 100% thought it was going to be Michael. <laughs> I like that fake out. I I liked it a lot, too. Yeah. But I, I about died when I saw the sheet with the holes in it to look <laughs> like a ghost. I was like, oh, my God. If only he had glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, 
And then, yeah, Hawkins takes the sheet off and finds dead Vicky. Mm-hmm. Poor Vicky. I liked her. But then we can see Lori on the outside of the house and she looks up into one of the windows and she sees Michael and like a reflection of a mirror. Yeah. yeah and, and she so, shoots at it anyway. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, it looks like Michael's just standing there. So, of course, she shoots. I could tell it was a mirror. Maybe she was just hoping it would ricochet, too. She's not going to. If you were actually. Take the camera out of the situation. <laughs> if you're actually standing there, you're probably not going to be yeah. able to tell if it's a, a And mirror. she's like trigger happy like Loomis was in the first movie, too. She's just ready to shoot. And that is the only scene we see Nick Castle, who played the, the shape in the original movie. Aww. He's back. Yeah. He plays Michael in that scene? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's cute. He's credited like he's in it like for like, like the I same. I could tell it wasn't the same guy because he was walking a lot faster. He was moving different. His body. I mean, James Jude Courtney. Yeah. You, Michael. You'd think 40 years later, Michael Myers would be walking a little bit slower, but. He really conserved a lot of energy, I guess. Yeah. 61 years old. The cop goes downstairs and sees Dave like attached to the wall like with a knife in him kind of likes bob's murder which we didn't get to see Mm -hmm. we don't get to see dave's murder super sad but we see the tattoo the tattoo and i'm like that's ironic 10 31 18 also the day he died oh that's so sad (laughs) imagine getting a tattoo of like a specific date and then dying on that date that's what we call dramatic irony Dr. Sartain is now back too. He showed up at the the house and he's um he's like I'm looking for Michael. He he knows how to keep killing. Which he's like super horny about. <laughs> Uh, Lori's like, what are you, like, do something. Well, he, well, she goes, oh, you're the new Loomis. Yeah, the new Loomis. I'm like, oh, God. No, he is not. He no, is he... not the new Loomis. I would do it. I would die for Dr. Loomis. I would not die for Dr. Sartain. <laughs> for Dr. Loomis. <laughs> you notice how we don't have an act like actually like a Loomis in this movie. So it seems like Lori gets all like the all the chilling lines. Yeah. In this. Yeah, and there weren't that many chilling lines either. No, there's not that. Mm-mm. Like, not. I don't know if they're... I, not compared to the first movie, definitely they're not. They're not as effective as the first yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I mean. I mean, this is where we find out the Hawkins was the first responder in 1978. And Lori's like, do you know I've prayed every night for him to escape? <laughs> and he's like... That why? was a dumb thing to pray. He's like, why would you do that? And she's like, so I can kill him. <laughs> that was a dumb thing to pray for. You. So stupid. See, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was a good kind of corny. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very Loomis-y. Cut to Allison and her friend walking down the street. And we see the police car driving in the background. And they're just walking home from the dance, we guess. And then Hawkins and... Lori. No, Hawkins and Dr. Sartain are in a car. And he keeps trying to talk like Loomis, I felt. Like, the whole time, I'm like, is he trying to do a Loomis accent why what what's the point of this I guy know. i feel like he kept trying to do loomis voice and i'm like i don't know 
get out of here with Loomis. Sartain wonders if Michael's emotionally driven, um, wants to know if he gets pleasure from killing. Like he's obsessed with how Michael feels about killing, not even about like helping Michael or about keeping other people safe from Michael like Dr. Loomis was. Yeah, yeah. Like you can already tell this guy seems way more worried about keeping Michael safe than anyone else. Loomis wanted him dead. Then Lori and the cops show up at Karen's house and is like, where's Allison? Because this Michael's killing people now. Michael's out there killing babysitters again like it's 1978. He's got himself a sick knife. They keep trying to call for Allison, but her phone's in pudding, so she can't answer. And then we go back to the Allison and Oscar walking. Like, I guess they're like cutting through people's backyards. Yeah. And he tries to kiss her. And I'm like, this well, he does. He does. Oh, kiss he her. does kiss her. Yeah. yeah not, you know, I'm unwarranted. Like, this is just so. Yeah, he's you know. weird. So she walks away. She like flips them all. She's like, oh, I don't want you like that. You're Oscar. Oscar Meyer Wiener. <laughs> and she walks away. She hops a gate. And there's these floodlights on this house, Mr. Elrod's house. The floodlights are motion censored. So this is another I scene. thought this was a good scene. Yeah, this is another scene where he feels like the shape. He again. does feel like the shape again. For the first time in this whole movie, I'm like, this is Michael Myers. <laughs> We've got him back. Buddy. And you know, it's funny is that I watched a. NBC did like a little featurette about the Universal Halloween nights, and like they also talked about the Halloween ends. Hmm. And they brought up this scene in this movie, and I guess John Carpenter really helped helped him out with this scene. And David Gordon Green mentions in this movie in, in, that, in that interview. I was like, oh, okay, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. That makes a lot of sense because it was actually a pretty good scene we kind of see like Michael in the background like the shape like you said and uh, the friend's like oh yeah he thinks it's the he's like Mr. Elrod I'm I'm getting out of here all right lights go out (laughs) lights go out and then all of a sudden he's in front of them yeah and he's standing there and he's like what's wrong with you (laughs) like are you okay I'm going I'm leaving lights go out again lights go out Lights go on and Michael's stabbing. (laughs) Oscar runs and he tries to jump the gate. He's screaming for Allison to help. And then Michael just kind of puts his head through the top of the gate. He impales him on the gate. Yeah, it looked pretty sweet. Yeah. Got the the pole right through his mouth. (laughs) Allison goes back to check on him after hearing him scream. And she sees Michael kind of appear from behind him. And she begins to scream and run through the neighborhood, knocking on doors, trying to get someone to help. Like, like Lori. Lori. Yep. Like Lori after she sees Linda, Bob, and Annie dead. But this time, I guess somebody actually opened for her because we see, like, the cops come to uh, get her. And yeah. she's like, "She's he's back. He's back. Michael Myers is back or whatever <laughs> she says. And now at Lori's house, we see Karen and... Ray. <laughs> Karen and Ray. I guess this is the first time her husband is seeing the house because he is like, what is this? What is that? And she's like, this is my childhood. Of course, it's the first time she's been to the yeah, house. Well, yeah. Because like, there's no, Karen doesn't want to go back here. But they obviously have spent time with Lori in the past years because he knows all about her. And he's like, oh, she'll be fine. She's always like this. Well, I'm sure Karen doesn't want to go back to that house, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
So they go down to the basement, which is like in the island, the kitchen island. And you see that she has like food, like jars of food. And I'm like, she really is a freaking doomsdayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's crazy. I love it. She opens up like a full armory behind the door, yeah. um, handing weapons to Karen and, and Ray. And she's like, come on, Michael. <laughs> Then Allison is in the cop car. It's Hawkins and Dr. Sartain in the front seat and Allison's in the back. And they see Michael and she's like, there he is. There he is. There he is. And the Hawkins cop- floors it. Yeah, he floors um, it. And he's runs like, him down. Mm-hmm. And he gets out kind of like in the second movie when that guy thinks he's dead and Loomis is like, don't get near him. He's not dead. Mm-hmm. Like he's not. He, he ain't going to die. Well, in this one, though, like Sartain's like, oh, yeah, he's dead. Don't, don't worry kill about- him. Don't- yeah. Yeah. He is. He is, too. Don't he worry is- about it. Don't worry. He's dead. He's dead. I think Sartain knew he wasn't dead. Yeah. Yeah. And like Hawkins, like, I'm going to blow. I'm still going to blow his brains out. Mm-hmm. And then we see the change in Sartain. Yeah, and this is where I'm just like, wow, what this is. They really, really tried to make him the foil for Dr. Loomis. And it's like, and the, I just don't, it doesn't, doesn't work for me at all. It doesn't work for me at all either. From the second I saw him, I'm like, oh, this is not a Loomis at all. And I, I think that's their intention, but at the same time, I'm like, I... I what is the point? I don't know what the point of this is. Yeah. It's just like, they were, they were like, well, it'd be, so it was like, it would be cool if, like, now he had this doctor and he's just like, who is just like fascinated, fascinated by him and that, that he wants, <laughs> wants to, he wants to know, what, like, he wants to be Michael. It's so weird because he, he only on, killed for one night. Well, I guess he did yeah. kill Judith Myers before that, but I mean, for real though, like only killed, mass killed one night. 40 mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. what's the appeal yeah like why isn't what's so special about him he killed his sister at six years old and then he killed a couple of teenagers one night and you know 15 like he, years later he, he hate that sh- the, the, where he, he puts it shot where he puts on the mask oh ew oh my god okay so yeah so he stabs hawkins and he like scoops michael up and puts him in the back but before that he puts on michael myers mask and pops up in front of the car and allison freak get, like gets a little freaked out that was so freaky i don't even think it's free i was just like you know that, that that's I think that's what they're going for. I hate, I hate, I like, don't, no one puts on that mask besides one man. It cheapens the mask. Yeah, I do agree on that. He throws her back, he throws Michael in the back seat with Allison. Oh yeah, in the mask, he takes the mask off and he throws it between where he sat Michael Myers and Allison. So Mm -hmm. the mask is just off of his face, just in between them. And I'm like, he could have just put the mask back on. And then I said, Loomis would have never killed for Michael. Well, and yeah, like I said, I think they're definitely going for that. I just don't, I don't care at all. I I don't, I don't find it interesting. I don't know why, why he's here besides to be the, the antithesis of Loomis. Yeah. The weird twist. 
So we see two cops are like further down the road. I guess they're just like patrolling that 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 street. They're just sitting there and showing off their lunches. Another um, scene, like, what, another what, weird I don't, scene. Like it's not, it's not that interesting. It's and not that funny. That's a big issue I have with this movie. Is in the first Halloween, I felt like every scene, every mattered. Yeah, every scene mattered. Mm-hmm. This was like, let's put some filler in, but then not show you the good stuff, like with the kills. I, I don't know. I thought it was stupid. And then we hear Allison in the car with Doctor Sartain, and he's like, he's never spoken, and she's like, oh, he spoke to me. He said one word. And yeah, she's like, just trying to get him to. She's like, go. stop the car. Let me out and I'll tell you what he said to me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Michael like awakens and puts his mask back on. She sees that he put his mask back on. She goes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and gets out of the car. And then Michael well, kind of like kicks the, the gate. Michael just takes his feet and just like pushes on it to like. Well, he kicks it in, really. Mm-hmm. Kicks it into. Dr. Sartain's body pushes him towards the steering wheel, kind of bashes his head in. Yeah, Michael gets out. He does his head cocking here. Yeah. He um, He did it a couple times. So he pulls Dr. He did it like maybe twice, but he pulls Dr. Sartain out of the car and he has him on the ground and he just stomps on his head. Yeah, he gives him a good old curb stomp. I mean, I guess... Would it be reverse curb stomp? Because in my in my experience, a curb stomp is like the your opponent is it has his head facing the pavement. Sartain's was against. Up. Well, yeah, well, yeah. He, he's looking up. Oh yeah, he was looking. But up. he smashes his head like like, like it was nothing. <laughs> like it was nothing. I think that's the best kill of the night. Yeah, I agree with that. That was a good kill. Good kill, and I'm glad they actually showed it. <laughs> Allison runs into the woods. Allison runs into the woods. Michael's like, I'll get that later. Yeah. He kind of watches her run away. I'm like, oh, I feel like this is going to catch up to me. Um, Now we're at Lori's house. She turns out all the lights in the house. Like, every single light's off. She's been preparing this for a long time, she says. And Karen's like, you want him to come here. And she's like, yeah, duh. So do you notice when they're in Karen's old bedroom you know it's the dollhouse mm-hmm. didn't it kind of look like the myers house to you i didn't notice i feel like it kind of looks like it the was myers blue house. though yeah i know outside of it being blue i feel like it looks very similar to the old myers just like house. a colonial kind of style house yeah, yeah yeah i thought you were gonna be like it was in judith myers bedroom i was like <laughs> what <laughs> that would have been cool though <laughs> Allison's still running through the woods, and then the husband sees on um, CCTV that Lori has, because Lori has cameras and everything all around her house. He sees, like, that there's a sheriff's car. And pull it up. And he goes up to it, and he's like, any word on Allison? And opens up the door, and we get some good Michael art. This is the best. Michael Myers art. I think it's really some of the best in his career. I think so, too. The, The head on the stick... I don't. I'm assuming that's it's the flashlight, like the yeah, or the flashlight. baton or something. Because his his eyes are lit up. Behind. It was his flashlights. He looks like a jack o' lantern. It is so good. Yeah. Just like straight up in that head. Then Michael comes behind him and kills Karen's husband. So I'm like, Karen's husband was useless. <laughs> the movie would have been the exact same had he not been in it. <laughs> Lori is like all of a sudden she's like Michael is here. Yeah, he orders Karen to the uh-huh. the basement. She's like get to the basement. Then she's like at her front door 
and Michael punches through the glass and grabs her face and starts like hitting her head on the yeah. the door. And but she has a gun. Yeah, Michael grabs the gun. Like but full his on hands grabs the barrel. Are, like, positioned over the, the barrel and she shoots his fingers off. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, he loses some digits. <laughs> like three of them. Two or three. I think two. The pinky and the ring finger. But then she goes into the basement with to be with Karen. She turns on all the floodlights. Well, I went what's cool too i think is like when she and karen hears the the kitchen island moving and then laurie standing at the top i thought that was another cool reveal yeah that was cool her she looked like a badass she looked like she belonged in like jurassic park laurie apologizes to karen here she's like i'm sorry for the way i raised you i know you thought this was my cage mm-hmm. and then we don't get anything after that like we just go to michael in the house with his two fingers and then she leaves the basement. She like leaves Karen in the basement. I'm like, why is she leaving him in the why is she leaving the basement? Why even have the basement? I thought that was supposed to protect you, but we find out later on mm-hmm. what it really is there for. Lori walks around her house with the gun and each room has like a lock drop down gate that like she presses a button and it just drops down mm-hmm. this gate at each door. I mean, like a garage door. Like a garage almost. door. But yeah. it's like full metal and you can see mm-hmm. through it. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Then we see Allison still running into the woods, and then she sees a bunch of mannequins in the wood, which is really random. Well, do you remember earlier we see that's that's Lori's shooting range? Oh, I did not connect that. Yeah, that's her shooting range. Wow, I was like, this isn't like, scary what the at hell all. Is going on? That's how I felt. I was like, why are these random mannequins in the woods? That's her shooting range. Because, like, we see the mannequins in the house later on. And I'm like, oh, she must just, like, have a mannequin graveyard out in the woods. No, like, there's a scene earlier in the movie where she's shooting mannequins. I remember it now. Oh, God, I feel so stupid about that one. I still think it's kind of goofy, that whole scene. It was so stupid. We didn't didn't really need this. No, we didn't need it. Cut to Lori in the house. She's still looking for Michael. I like, like how the roles have been reversed here. Yes. I like this scene i liked like, like she even Lori like, looking looks for michael in a closet like mm-hmm. michael looks in a closet i wrote her. that down i'm like she looked right in the closet because she's like i know he's trying to play a game with me and then when she does open the closet in her bedroom she's like expecting to see michael i'm expecting to see michael and ray just kind of like drops mm-hmm. his arm down and i'm like oh how did he get ray back inside the house Maybe when they were down in the basement, he like hurried outside and got Ray. Even before he got in there, maybe he was. No, because when he got in there, he was punching at the the door and got his hand shot off. Maybe he went and got Ray before he got back in there. It doesn't make any sense. I do not know how. (laughs) And then there's just like the mannequins all in that room. And Michael pops out from behind one of them and grabs the gun again. And I'm like, Michael, you didn't. This didn't work out the first time. Why are you grabbing the gun again? But Lori has a knife. Near her bed, of course. Well, she she gnaws. She had on it his, on her. Oh, she had it on her. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she, he like gnaw or she gnaws on his uh his nubs. His nubs. Yeah. His little finger nubs. I'm like, oh god, gross. Michael throws her off the balcony. Off the balcony, just like he kind of got shot off the balcony in the mm-hmm. first movie, and she hits the ground really hard, and so you're just like assuming she's she she done. She's dead. She's older now. Allison arrives at the house, calls yep. out for her grandmother. She's like, Grandmother. Michael looks away for like a second, looks back. She's gone. She's gone. What do you think? Do you like that? I like, like that. that. Yeah, I thought that I was enjoyed cool that a lot. This is probably the only parts of the movie that I actually liked was the last like 10 minutes. <laughs> 
Karen grabs Allison and she brings her back down to the basement and they hear Michael kind of walking around above them. He grabs like a fire poker. He has no knife anymore. Mm. He wants his knife. I thought he was going to try and pull the floorboards up because he knows they're in the basement. He got shot up out there. Yeah, I guess eventually he realizes what the entrance to the basement is. Yeah, he's like, it's got to be this island. He Mm -hmm. starts trying to take the island off of the ground, which... He is successful and I'm like, why aren't they grabbing guns? But then finally Karen grabs her Her gun. Her gun. Yes. It's engraved on the on the barrel. It says Mm -hmm. KS. She calls for her mom. She's like, I can't do it. I can't I can't shoot him. She calls out for her her mom. Yeah, I can't do this. Because Michael's like Michael's not showing himself Mm -hmm. in the entrance of the island after he rips it off. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm like, I feel so bad for her. I'm like, oh man, this is supposed to be her mom's moment too. She's supposed to be the one to shoot him in the face. And Michael Pierce. And then she goes, gotcha. Gotcha. I thought that. that, I like that. That was cool. That was really good. I I really like that. And she shoots him. Lori appears behind Michael and she's like, happy Halloween, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) And then they get him in the basement but he like grabs onto Karen's leg and then Allison grabs the knife and yeah, she's Allison like, finally gets in on it. She's like, yeah, I'm stab. ready to stab too. <laughs> um, they get him off. They trap him in. There's like bars that they have that like just pop out from the entrance and just trap him in there mm-hmm. like a cage. Yeah. So she actually even um, Lori says it's not a cage, baby. It's a trap. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Lori turns on all the gas, like there's gas in the house, and throws a lit match down there, or like a, like a flare. A match. Like oh a flare. well, it was a flare. Mm-hmm. And she has rigged the whole house. Go have, up in flames. Yeah, go up in flames. There's like fire sticks by gas all around the house that she's got rigged up. And I'm like, she's insane. I love her. <laughs> Michael didn't die from the flames in the first movie. What makes her think she's going to, he's going to well, die now? It wasn't in the first movie. Or in the second movie, I mean. Well, and of course, the second movie doesn't exist. But the second movie doesn't exist. But it also kind of <laughs> does because there's parts of the second yeah, movie that they does, keep it, mentioning in the fucking movie. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, they see a truck. They flag it down. They get in the back of it. Allison's still holding on to the knife that she used to and stab they, Michael. Like, pan to her holding that knife. What are you? What's going through your head? I'm like, why? Why are they showing the knife? So did Michael die? Like we, we they cut to the flames in the basement. I don't see his body anywhere. The first thing when I first saw it, I was like, it's reminiscent of a scene from Halloween Four, oh. and you'll see in Halloween Four what. I think it make it seem it it appears as if like like she's gonna be the next one to kill. Um, That's what I always. Of course, that doesn't. Well, I don't know. Doesn't seem yet. like it's going to happen in this trilogy of movies. Yeah, but yeah. So that's the end of the movie. I I pretty much said all my thoughts. Like I really didn't think this movie was scary. Like, why did we need this movie? The only thing good about this movie was Lori's house her trap house <laughs> well i think like the the trauma that this event this event 40 years has caused like this three generation of women i think that like that whole aspect is cool yeah now they could have focused on it more sure i yes. think that like that carries it enough for me to enjoy it do i think michael is like scary in this movie yes and no there's a lot of parts where it's like i 
don't feel like he's the shape for most of this film. I feel like a lot of the characters are one note. Sure. The only person who stood out to me was Jamie Lee Curtis, besides Judy Greer, but she didn't have much to work with. I felt like it was kind of like, oh, they could have done so much better with her. But uh, but she still, I think she's still, I think she's still great, even with the little that she had to work with. Oh, yeah, she's still fantastic, but I, I wish there was, I wish she had better if they could have delved into them a little bit yeah. more i would have liked like that even more. maybe like maybe karen's childhood a little bit even like a scene like a, yeah. another scene besides like that one little flashback of her running through the woods and fighting a little bit yeah like, like if they would have really honed in on that this could have been yep. maybe the best Halloween movie outside of the original. Yeah, we could have gone without the journalists. We could have gone without Dr. Sartain's bullshit, but also like, it's like, kind of cool that he... I don't know. I was so gonna say, mixed, you have mixed feelings about it. I, see, I have I mixed just feelings like, about I just Dr. Feel like Sartain. The whole, the whole thing is like... He's the antithesis of Loomis. That's why he's here. And like, I'm just not like, let's just, but I let's felt, just take the, the therapist, uh, like the doctor, I, like I the psychologist like it, out of these movies. Like we don't like, we're never, you're never going to live up to Loomis. Yeah. Well, that's true. But just I take I, it out. Forget it. Just don't even, don't take it. They can, don't have another thought about that. I felt like, yes, I completely agree with that. But also if he is the reason Michael escaped, if he's the reason this whole reunion happened, they should have dove into that a little bit more too. That would have been more interesting to me. Had it been like, this guy's been trying to break Michael out for years so he can have this yeah, whole reunion and see, that with goes back to like what I was kind of saying earlier. Where like, it feels like there's like five different movies here. Yeah. Like three different movies here. Like what is like, pick one and let's go with it. I completely agree. Uh, I could have gone without all the teenage drama. We didn't have all that in the first movie. I mean, I mean, we have some teenage drama with like, but they're actually like well written. Like, but I assume, it's well what, written. What, I, what yeah. I love about, and I'm I'm gonna have to assume that this is like I probably have to attribute this to Deborah 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 Hill's writing mm-hmm. is the way those characters felt lived in from the moment they're on screen. Yeah. The moment, like, we all, everybody knows people like this. Mm-hmm. We understand the friendship dynamic right away. Like, we don't even need a whole backstory about them at all. Like, no. We don't understand right away. Here, it's just like, no, I don't. It's like they have uh, never written teenagers before. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. It was, like I said, it's, it, it's like a a whole Netflix teenage drama. But. but I feel like it's just such a small part of the movie, though, that I can, like, like yeah, okay, whatever. I feel like it was too much. I just don't feel like it's there that much. Like, there's a couple scenes, and it took they're me not out great, of the... but, like, I can, I can deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I give the movie, like, a... I want to give it a two out of five, but I'm going to give it a three. I go three and a half out of five. Okay. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I understand. I understand where you're coming. I did not like it. I the only thing I liked was the last ten minutes. Well, so it's not a three out of five then? It's a two out of five. You didn't like it. Well, the this reason I'm like giving it a three out of five. Anymore. Yeah, I know. I mean me too. But <laughs> it's it's a good way to do it. Yeah. Anyway, 
I give it a three out of five for the nostalgia factor, for the the ghost scene, the sheet, like the paying homage to the first movie. It's like a the I don't know. It, it's like a a great fan film with a good budget. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I I don't hate on that. Um, all right. Anyway, we got to do Halloween Kills and. And then oh. the new Halloween comes out yeah, on October fourteenth. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So probably that's you know in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're excited. Mm-hmm. It, it'll actually it'll be it's already out now by the time this movie's or this podcast is out. Halloween Kills is next. Join us next week on Finally Girl. 